0: Good morning, Midland Free. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Christ has overcome.
1: Today we're starting a new series. You're starting a new year. We're doing all sorts of new things, but we really want to, I want to take it back just to the basics of who
0: we are in Christ and how he has overcome the world. And so the way we're going to do that is we're going to work through the book of Philippians. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting because I, I just call it a book, but uh, for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, many of the New Testament things that we call books are actually not books, but they are letters.
1: So let me give you a little picture of what that may have looked like. This is
0: uh, what Philippians may have looked like. This is not an original copy. This is actually a, a fragment of the book of Colossians and it was written about the same time from the same place and so i thought it might uh, be a good sample of uh, what the recipients hopefully without all the holes uh, would have received but this is Basically, what we're starting out today is in a, in a book or a letter that's very similar to a thank you note. If you've got Christmas presents, kiddos, and you uh, wrote your grandma back, you would say, to grandma, from your loving, adoring mm-hmm. grandson, who loves you even more now because you sent me this video game mm-hmm. I always wanted. It. The Apostle Paul is actually mm-hmm. going to say some very similar things, about, about but not about video about games, games, of course but instead about gifts that he's received from those who are supporting him from far, far away. In fact, I think I have a map of that right here. You don't have to see all the details on this map, but it's just, there's a little red dot right at the tip of the Aegean Sea, uh, just to the uh, west of the Black Sea. And that is where in the modern country of Greece, the city of Philippi is located. Uh, it's a neat place because, uh, well, for several reasons. One is, well, before I say that, see that it's 800 miles away from Rome. So that's a long ways from Italy, um, from where the Apostle was writing. But this is when this whole thing began in Acts chapter 16 on Paul's second missionary journey. There's a picture of this here. It is uh, the first church in Europe. It's the first first european christians that we know about what happened is is as the gospel was spreading from judea to samaria to the ends of the earth uh, the apostles are taking various trips and communicating the gospel and the second one that the apostle paul took he received a vision in acts chapter 16 saying hey come over here and help us we don't know what you're talking about but we'd sure like to and so he and Silas crossed the Aegean Sea and began planting churches there in Philippi. And so now, several years later, and 800 miles away, he's still thinking of this church he planted long ago. And I don't know if you have these relationships in your life, but it's, it's really great if you do because you read these first few verses and you're like, I, I know that person. <laughs> you know, For us... I'll read all this to you here in a minute, but for us, when we were in Canada, even though people say, oh, Canada, not a foreign country, it's actually where we were at was a long ways away. And when we received support from people at home and people there, boy, even though we don't like see them every day, even though we don't interact with them frequently, when we see their name, we receive their letter, we get their check, we whatever, we're just like, ah, oh, God bless these people. They are amazing. We haven't done anything for them. And here they are and our hour of need taking care of us in a major way. And I tell you, our hearts and our prayers, they go out for those folks. That's the way the Apostle is feeling here in Philippi. For the Philippians, he's writing from Rome. Uh, He's in prison at the time. He's awaiting his fate uh, to see whether he will live or die or remain in chains. Here's a picture of where he was actually at, not in the middle floor or the top floor, but instead in the basement. This is a prison in Rome where uh, Paul was awaiting his potential execution. So he's sitting here and he's received some gifts and support from these people from long ago that he led to Christ. And he's just like, ah, oh, I love these people. They are awesome, and so he's going to write him a note, and it's amazing. Now, remember, Paul is sitting in the bottom of a deep, dank, dark dungeon. He's awaiting his death. He's He's about about to become a martyr,
1: and he writes this letter,
0: and if you read it, and I didn't say it in that context, you might think he just left Michigan for the last two weeks and was sitting in Hawaii. He is happy, he's joyful, he's doing really well, he's excited about where he's at, and he talks about contentment, and peace, and joy, and assurance, and hope, and unity, and harmony, and love, and wow, I thought you were in prison, (laughs) yeah, actually he is, well how How in the world world do you do do that, they must have have nice nice prisons prisons back then, right, Right? I mean, no, not not so much. much. This is how, this is what the apostle says in chapter four. What I'm doing is I'm giving you a big overarching theme and I'll come back into today's specific passage. But in chapter four, he says, hey, here's what I've learned through through my life, through this whole ordeal. In whatever situation I'm in, In whatever location, I'm in prison, I'm in chains, I'm shipwrecked, I'm beaten, I'm scourged, I'm kicked out of town. In whatever situation I'm in, I've learned to be content. In every, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. Well, Paul, do tell. <laughs> you know, please. Because although I'm not hungry right now and I seem to live in a country full of abundance, I still at times struggle for joy. I still at times struggle for peace. I still at times struggle for contentment. I need harmony. I need unity. I need love. What's the secret, Paul? Help me out. You found something in the bottom of the basement that I can't find in my nice, you know, middle American lifestyle. What's going on? Here it is Philippians chapter 3. This is the secret. This is what Paul is talking about. There's all surpassing worth, better than anything else, regardless of whatever circumstance you're in, of knowing. Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. Everything in my life I can give up. I can count as school, rubbish, dung, garbage. In order that, I might gain the very highest treasure of all, Christ himself. And listen to this. Here's what you'll see in Philippians that's really weird but super cool. And be found in him. Here's the thing that I want to make jump off the page for you today and for the rest of the series, is our location in Christ. Wait a minute, Pastor, I just thought you said we were, he was in Rome and writing to people in Philippi from prison, but he just said he was in Christ. Yes, that's exactly right. And here's the thing, this is that... This is that secret contained in only two little words. I have a picture of it here for you. Here's what Paul is talking about. What Paul is essentially saying is this. You can write this down. This is huge. My spiritual location always trumps my physical location. My place in Christ always trumps my place in life, where I'm at in Him is more important than where I'm at in anything else. So that whatever situation I'm in, if I'm doing well in this relationship, great, but if I'm not, no big deal, I'm still in Christ. If I'm doing well in this career, great, but if I'm not, no big deal, I'm still in Christ. In any and all circumstances, in whatsoever situation I'm in, the most important spot is where I am spiritually. It is in Christ and not in circumstances that I find my strength. So in the next little bit that we have here, I'll flesh that out a little bit more, but let me just show you a verse from that letter to the Colossians, which I think summarizes what Paul is trying to say here. Why is Christ better than anything else? Well, for in him lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So also, when you are in Him, you are made complete through your union with Him. Now, I know it still sounds a little weird. What is our union in Christ? Just to flesh it out a little, the Trinity, that core doctrine of the Christian faith, we say that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Spirit is God. Father's not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father, but they're all God. When you get saved... What happens is one of those members of the Trinity who are united to the other members comes and lives inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. And by virtue of the fact that the Holy Spirit is now inside of you, you have been spiritually united to Christ or united to God. So you have this mystical or spiritual union that's going on inside of you all the time. Now, like a marriage, you may be married, but you may never see each other, in, in which case your marriage might be quite cool. However, if you are being intentional about your marriage and you're able to be disciplined and follow up and do all the things a married couples should do, then you're experiencing that intimacy and that unity and that love, and you realize that there is a bond between you that strengthens your relationship both as people and uh, as a couple. And that is, I think, in a very real way, what the Apostle says in Ephesians 5, is the union between God and humanity. There's this mystical spiritual union between us and Christ, and and when we're away from Him, we don't feel filled. But when we go into that time of quietness and intimacy with Christ, Then we feel loved and fulfilled and encouraged and built up. All those things that Paul is talking about in his letter, the harmony, the peace, the unity, the love, the strength, the comfort, the contentment, is to be found in your experience, in your mystical, spiritual experience with Jesus Christ. So where is Paul? He is locating himself above and beyond his physical location, into his spiritual location. He is saying, I am in Christ. So the first thing I want to uh, sort of emphasize to you today is the confidence that you can have. I'm going to give you three confidences. The first one is this, the confidence you have in your location in Christ. You can be absolutely confident wherever you're at, because even if you're in Midland or wherever, or wherever, or wherever, you are in Christ. First one is confidence in Christ. The second one is I want to give you confidence in your identity. Who am I? What is my life to be all about? Why am I here? What am I doing? Why am I on planet Earth? <laughs> you know, you can go and you can try to answer that with a lot of different questions and uh, answers. Well, I have this job or I have this family or I have this whatever. But what inevitably happens, at some point in life, that job may not be going so great or that family may be struggling or this whatever, my health, may fail. And any other place that you place your confidence other than your identity in Christ, inevitably at some point is going to fail. And When it does, then you feel bad. And you watch and you see what happens is these human creatures, sometimes we have good days and sometimes we have bad days. And a lot of times that's based on how we're feeling about ourselves, which really may or may not be ourselves. It may be just our performance at work or our this or our that, but we have so closely identified it with ourselves that now we're finding an identity in something other than Christ. And inevitably what happens then is this, we struggle between the two extremes of pride and insecurity.
1: If we're doing well, we step
0: up to the plate, metaphorically, and we're playing baseball, and we hit a home run, then we're like, yeah, hands up in the air, I'm the greatest, slapping high fives, Woo-hoo. life is awesome, look at me. And if you go even further and get arrogant and want to provoke the other team, you begin to brag and become boastful, etc. That's one side of the pendulum. On the other hand, if the next time at the bat you strike out, you're like, man... Oh, I stink, I'm no good, woe is me, boo-hoo. Yeah, it's my fault, we lost, guys, I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, now you're the doormat. And you go back and forth, back and forth, up and down between pride and insecurity, and pride and insecurity, and pride and insecurity, just based on how you felt about that day. Did I get enough done? Did I do it well? How did this go? Do they like me, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm all over the place with my feelings. And that is not a biblical perspective on life. Instead, what the Bible teaches us is that we find our confidence in our location in Christ and our identity in Christ as well. And here's what that means, and here's how that will impact you every single day. Basically what happens is this. Here's the, um, the axis or the pendulum picture that... Uh, we're going to take a look at. This is the target or the goal for what I would say is a healthy view of humanity or a real genuine self-esteem. Really what I think is in pop culture's view of self-esteem is not self-esteem. What real self is, is finding yourself in Christ. And this is how you do it. Instead of going back and forth between pride and insecurity, what the goal is is the perfect middle between humility and confidence, so that at one point you can be just like Jesus and hang out with the tax collectors and sinners and Pharisees and Sadducees and the pro- well, sorry, those got, yeah, those sinners, and the prostitutes and get down in the dirt and get messy. And on the other hand, you can change hats and stand before Pilate or the Roman centurions and say, "Ha."
1: You think you can kill me. You guys have nothing on me. If I wanted to right now, I could call tens of thousands of angels.
0: This is no big thing.
1: In Jesus, you find this perfect balance, this beautiful harmony of humility, where he's willing to get down and wash anybody's feet,
0: but the ultimate confidence of being able to defy the highest rulers in the land. And you want to say, well, that's just because he's Jesus and he's perfect and he gets it right. We're not going to get there, right, Pastor Jeremy? No, I actually think you can. I think you can. At least we can get you on the trajectory or the path, the moving in that direction. And the answer is this. It's found in two simple words, which I think, hopefully, God be praised by his grace are probably two of the most important and impactful words in the entire Bible to me. I want these words to become my life. I want these two words to become my essence. I want these two words more than anything else to soak in to my identity and who I am. What are they? Philippians 1, verse 1. Not the first two words, but the next couple. It is this. Paul and Timothy, that's just the two and the from, and they say, servants... Of Jesus Christ. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. Now, here's what's so significant about that. In those two words, you have both ultimate humility and ultimate confidence. On the one hand, you have perfect humility, you have servants. They're saying, Hey, we are no better than anybody else. We're willing to get down and wash your feet. You tell us where to go, and we'll go jump, we'll say how high. Servants. I mean, we are are down. down. We We are slaves. We are low. We We are are nothing. nothing. We're We're servants. servants. But on the other hand, they say, well, not just any servants. servants. We're servants of the high king. (laughs) Like, we're ambassadors of his royal majesty. We get to walk into the throne room itself and talk with the highest power in the entire land. We're servants of the high king. I mean, you can interact with somebody at the grocery store and say, hey, yeah, I met so the other day. and said, wow, they're the next such-and-such, such, or they're the richest person in Midland, or they're whoever, or they're whatever. You come home really impressed. I want to go home to my wife and say, she says, hey, who'd you meet today? I go, well, I spoke to this dude who's CEO of a multinational corporation. Oh, yeah? Hey, he's got holdings everywhere. <laughs> He's brilliant. Everything he does is right and true and just. He's never ever lost. He's always right. He gives himself for me all the time. He has armies like crazy. He drives whatever he wants and does whatever he wants. He shows up when he wants to and goes away when he doesn't. <laughs> Who is this guy? It's God. God himself. I am a servant of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Do any of you have a better boss than that? <laughs> I'm set. Man, I am really set. I work for the most powerful, for the most resourceful, for the most knowledgeable employer in the entire world, and it's not Midland Free. <laughs> I like Midland Free. Don't get me wrong. But I serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords.
1: And I'm so thankful for that. That should give me
0: confidence to be able to do whatever I want and not worry about it one little bit. I work for Jesus. But I'm a servant. I'm a servant... Of the High King. Servants of Christ Jesus. I think these two words, if we could actually drill them into our lives, would probably be the most significant words of all that would influence anything else. Humble in of ourselves. Do I have the ability? Do I have the resources? Can I make it happen? No. But confident that I am in the service of Him who does. My confidence comes from Christ.
1: So when I come home, the question for me is not what did I accomplish today, because it's really not all about me.
0: And I'll therefore change my mood up or down based upon whether I thought I got done, what I wanted to get done. But instead, the question is, did I locate myself in Christ and identify with him and trust him and humbly serve him all day long? If I did, it's all good. And he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. I am humble and confident in him. Now I know that that's that's a picture, that's a high picture, and that doesn't always happen. And sometimes you get to the end of your day and you feel like, not so great. What does that mean? Well, that means you need to reconnect or reestablish the union. That means you need some quiet time with Christ to abide in the vine and drink from the well that means you need to get together with your husband and be intimate with him. It means through quietness and prayer, meditation and his word, you use the means he gave us to nurture the life that you have. Let me give you an example of that real quick. So the end of the day, say you're, you've got something coming up the next day and you're concerned about it. Well, you want to go in and spend time with God and you want to be built up what I would recommend is this. I would recommend that you begin your prayer with whatever attribute of God will solve your issue. So for example, you're feeling anxious or you're feeling worried or you have a concern or you're upset about something. You may want to start your prayer then saying something like Sovereign, Almighty, All-Knowing, Omnipotent God. The one who knows and was and is and is to come. I have this, well, it's kind of a little problem that I'm going to deal with tomorrow, but you're big, right? And you go into it and you think about whatever, whatever it is that you're struggling with. I'm lonely. I need affection. I need encouragement. I need love. Gracious Heavenly Father who loved me and gave himself up for me. Jesus, my Christ, who died on the cross. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you're struggling with. It can be anything, but take that struggle and look at the solution and attribute that to God because I guarantee you God is the solution. And then begin your prayer with that. Start there. So if there's some unknown, you're praying to the omniscient, unknowing God. If there's some resource you need, you're praying to the wealthy, almighty God. If there's healing you need, you're praying to the healing great physician. Drink from the well. Draw your life from him. Confidence in your location. Confidence in your identity. Now I did all that for this. Is I, I want that to sink in. But look how this text reads now. Uh, we're going to skip ahead a couple of slides to Philippians 1, 1 through 2. If you were opening up this letter, I would hope now that having heard that from where he is writing and what he is getting at, you would read this very differently. And you would listen and you would hear Paul begin his letter saying, Paul and Timothy, servants... Christ Jesus to all the saints now look at the contrast here
1: in Christ
0: who are at Philippi to all the saints in Christ at Midland to all the saints in Christ in Malaysia to all the saints in Christ in Uganda it doesn't matter you're one body you're in him you're a gospel community as long as you're united to the head it's all the same it doesn't matter where you're at you're in Christ grace And peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we begin this letter before we even get out of the gate with extreme confidence in our location, whether we're in Rome, in prison, whether in Philippi, or Midland, or Michigan, or wherever, and in our identity and who we are. And then we read the following pages. So here is Philippians chapter 1, beginning verse 3 says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. Because of two things, here's two reasons why I give thanks. Number one, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And number two, because of the confidence or because of the fact that I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Now, it's totally right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. You are partakers with me of the grace, both my imprisonment and my defense, my apologia, apologetics, and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be sure to be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So we established two things already. Number one, our location, and number two, our identity. And if you look at this, this is a really good trajectory. You're in a good place in life if you know this is where I'm at, and this is who I am and why I'm here, then that gives you a really good foundation for knowing this is where I'm going and this is where I'm trying to get. So really what you're looking for is you're looking for your current location, where are we, and then your future location, where do we want to get, and who am I, and therefore how do I move along that path. So we have location, identity, and future. And I think here's the slide of it. I uh, want we'll to jump ahead a couple guys. But here's the slide of what essentially I'm trying to say to you today is: you can have confidence, verse 6, in these three things. Number one, your location in Christ. Number two, your identity as servants of Jesus Christ. And number three, your future. That Christ Himself will secure and it.
1: So if you're confident in your location, if you're confident in your identity,
0: and if you're confident in your future, then what happens is you're ready to charge ahead regardless of whether you think you're going to win or lose,
1: you're moving forward because you know there's a really good chance you're going to succeed.
0: If you think you're going to fail, of course you don't move forward, but if you know who holds the future and he, you're on his team, then you, like Paul, can say, hey, I press on, Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the theme then that, that gives us the fuel to move forward. The theme for today is this. Our confidence in God's good work fuels us. Because we are confident in our identity, because we're confident in our location, because we're confident in our future,
1: then we can press on and charge ahead with no fear whatsoever.
0: And as a result, the pain, the heartache, the disappointment, the insult, the injustice, all the miseries of this life take a back seat to God's work. In other words, what am I trying to say to you today is this. I think Jesus said it well in John chapter 16. He said, in the world you're going to have trouble. Right? So anyone want to argue with that. It's difficult. Life is hard. It ain't easy. In this world you will have trouble. But Jesus said these things to you so that, check the verse, in him, not in your circumstances, but in him you may have peace. So, take heart, because Jesus has overcome the world. John 16, 33. Jesus has overcome the world. Did you hear that, church? <laughs> Jesus has overcome the world. Yeah. Amen. That means everything's okay. That means, listen, listen to what that means. That means every single Wrong that has ever been done will be made right. How's that for a campaign slogan? Every single wrong ever will be made right. No injustice will be left unchecked. There will be nothing left undone, and all will come to completion. And you are in Him, and therefore you are complete in Him, so you can press on and be confident in this that He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Why? Because of God's good work. What is His good work? He overcame the whole world. That's pretty good for a day's work. It's better than I've got. It's done. It's finished. It's over. Jesus won. Because of which every single page of the diary of your life should say victory in Jesus. Turn it over next day, same thing, victory. Next day, same thing, victory. All oh, the circumstances, wow, they may sink. But at the top of the page, victory in Jesus. That confidence in God's work fuels us and inspires us to press on and run. Why? Because everything else is a wash. It's a loss. It's done. We press on for the high calling of Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I say to you, Midland Free, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Midland, you are servants of Jesus Christ. Therefore, grace and peace be to you. You won't find grace or peace in your house. And I myself am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it on the day of Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we praise you for your good work. Thank you that you're getting it done, that I'll not have to worry, especially because of who I am. Lord, I know in and of myself it would never happen, but because I am in you and you are in me, then it's all good. Lord, I praise you, I thank you, I worship you, and I ask that you would firmly root and establish me in your love, ground me in who I am in Christ
1: so that I may serve you
0: faithfully all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.